Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 10 of Tomo-chan is a Girl. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So it's interesting that this episode sort of starts immediately. You know, normally there's at least the opening at the beginning. And, you know, just based on this first scene, it seems like it's going to be a more lighthearted episode, which I have to say is uh, a pretty big relief, you know. I wasn't expecting that previous episode to get as heavy as it did with Carol and all that. And, you know, I, I think something more lighthearted would definitely... It, it would definitely be uh, something I'd rather watch now. Alright, so it seems like, you know... Carol and Misuzu, at the very least, you know, they're not too invested in this marathon. And perhaps understandably, this is in contrast to Tomo and Jun, who, being the athletes they are, you know, they can't help but try their hardest, I'm sure. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if those two were sort of the front runners in the race. It is interesting that Tomo's sort of treating this as though, you know, June's finally back to his usual self, you know. They are competing in this regard when martial arts was normally the thing they would do. You know, I have to say, maybe it's a cultural thing, but... I don't recall there being anything like a school marathon where everybody would be more or less forced to participate in it. You know, I do feel a little bad for the teacher, you know. She didn't want to get involved in this whole thing, but seeing as how she's passed the two maniacs, then, you know... She's involved now. There's no getting out of that. So I guess part of what's so nice about this is that Jun's sort of reminiscing about how things used to be. That, you know, they would compete with each other a lot when they were younger. Of course... Tomo is not going to pass up a little competition even if taking the girls route would presumably lead to an easier race. And I guess on some level she sort of intuitively understands that Jun wants to compete, so you know, why not go along with it? Okay, so I think, I think I get what the turning point is, you know, it's not like a branching path, it's like turning back and running, you know, the way you came, and the girls just do it first. I guess that kind of makes sense, you know, you're running up a hill in the beginning and then you run downhill at the end. 
Oh dear. You know, Tomo doesn't normally seem to be the type who would collapse during something athletic, so... It would seem as though something really bad is actually happening, you know. It's a fever, and as we all know, in Japan, fevers are incredibly deadly. So, you know, perhaps Tomo's uh, exercise routine is partially to blame. And, you know, she frames it like, oh, I didn't really do anything weird, but, you know, it sounds like she ran a marathon in and of itself the day before a marathon. So I guess Jun's in an interesting position where he's going to have to, uh, you know, really step up and do something here. And fortunately for him, you know, he's in a position to be able to do that. If this doesn't score him brownie points with everybody, then, frankly, he lives in a rotten world. So there we have it, you know, Tomo has in fact contracted a deadly cold. Therefore, everybody needs to sort of maintain vigil over her. You know, I do wonder why precisely Carol decided it was appropriate for her to just sort of climb into bed with her, but I choose to believe she was doing it from a place of kindness and compassion. As always, Misuzu is scheming, you know. She wants Tomo to take advantage of the situation, you know. And I guess there's some sense in that, but like, you know, you can give it a rest sometimes. Granted, it's not like Tomo's been especially proactive in any regard to romance, but, you know, sometimes when you're sick, you're sick. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> oh dear, so she is actually taking Masusu's advice to heart. Uh, you know, she's being awfully pushy for somebody who's seemingly too sick to walk, but... What's Jin gonna do in a situation like this, you know, deny that request? Oh, dear. You know, I guess it is sort of telling that despite all of Misuzu's coaching, the worst thing that happened today was essentially that the competition was ruined between them. I mean, that's sort of... Missing the forest for the trees a little bit, but I guess that sort of explains where everybody's priorities are at. Now I do have to wonder, 
There probably is some significance to the green onions, but for the life of me, I can't figure out what it is. I guess it's probably like an old wives' tale or something, like an old cold remedy. I mean, if indeed the green onions were administered, they certainly seem to have worked. Alright. Okay, so the plot's actually moving along. You know, Tomo gave back the video game. And... By doing so, she's sort of tacitly admitted that June is now stronger than her. So, you know, obviously things are going to change to some degree. You know, you can't just return to the status quo after something that's been set up like this. But... You know, I wonder how precisely June's going to take something like this. So I guess it seems like this whole thing was a really long work in progress. Seeing as how Jun is now reminiscing about the first time he finally managed to hit her in karate. So it is sort of interesting that, you know, getting hit was met with sadness rather than frustration. I'm sort of reminded, um, perhaps coincidentally, of the current story arc in Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagataro, seeing as how she was undergoing a sort of similar thing about uh, judo, and how her natural talent was not enough to carry her past somebody who really put in the work. Well, that is kind of embarrassing, you know, that up until the start of middle school, Jun didn't really know that Tomo was a girl. You know, I feel like that's not something you'd really want to admit out loud, you know. Nevertheless, I'd imagine that's uh, probably a hit to the ego. Yeah, you know, I do wonder what precisely the deal is, because, you know, the signs were there. And even if you're not looking for them, I feel like there's a fair bit of evidence that should indicate what precisely is going on. Okay, so this is sort of the start of the problem, I guess. You know, June was mildly interested, I suppose. But he overheard this and misunderstood. That's unfortunate, I guess. You know, maybe things would have turned out differently.
Oh man, you know, this really is one of those situations where things might have been cleared up pretty quickly if everybody had just actually sort of sat around and, like, talked about what the issue was. Man, you know, this does really seem like the absolute worst solution to a pretty mundane problem. I mean, like, personally, I can't imagine being willing to let a friendship go over something like this. Alright, so I guess this sort of explains that relationship from earlier, you know, it was um, entirely out of convenience from both sides. That's, that's depressingly cynical in a way that they would both sort of think about this in a way like how how can I use this to my advantage rather than I guess going in for honest reasons I mean I guess to a degree they do have a noble goal you know wanting to help a friend but at the same time you know it's it's kind of like the prisoner's dilemma you know they're both trying to essentially enact subterfuge and if any of them were going into this whole thing honestly you know they would be getting a real short end of the stick there so I guess it does kind of work out for the best that they were both doing this for less than honest reasons I mean, it's not like they even made it clear up front. Man, like, that's... That's just really skeevy. Like, they're both aware that this isn't a real thing, but they're still going through with it. But they're also not being really honest about it either. Man, you know, I definitely can't condone something like hand-holding. That's just... That's too sick. I mean, at the very least, Misuzu has the common sense to, you know, maybe stop doing something like this. Wow, you know, Misuzu really is laying it on thick, you know, like, hey, yeah, we're gonna hold hands, you're gonna call me by my given name, just all up front, like, that really does just seem dishonest, you know, I'm not an expert, but 
I was under the impression that calling somebody by their given name was, you know, really indicative of a close relationship. You know, it's not just something you do at the drop of a hat. So I guess despite everything, you know, at least Jun might be getting something positive out of it, but like it really seems like that there is no benefit to anyone on either side of this thing. I mean, I guess Jun's making out alright by basically inviting Misuzu to do a whole bunch of stuff that she doesn't really like. So, you know, that's her comeuppance, I suppose, but... Yeah, that really is just a cynical way to go about doing things, you know. Misuzu thought that Jun might be a positive influence, but, you know, hanging out with him as he is right now, he would only make things worse, so it's better not to date him. I mean, I guess, you know, good on Tomo for sort of forcing her friend to talk things out when there's seemingly an issue going on. You know, I feel like that's what everybody should be doing. Yeah, you know, here we go. When Tomo just says things, you know, it sort of solves the problem. Yeah, she does like sports, but she likes hanging out with her other friends, too. Yeah, so that whole relationship thing, that was just a total bust. Nothing resulted from it. You know, the only thing that actually advanced anything was just sort of talking like people. And reasonable people at that. And that did way more in a much shorter amount of time. And I guess what's worse, you know, this whole dating thing has developed some enmity between Jun and Misuzu, and, you know, it never needed to happen. Alright, so Jun, of his own initiative, has decided to talk to Tomo and try and initiate things again, and... 
You know, it is kind of rocky. He's not being totally honest, but... Just talking to each other is better than ignoring each other, you know? Alright, so this is actually interesting, you know? Like, Tomo's actually upset, and rightfully so, about being ignored. But, you know, now that they're talking it out, it seems like they'll actually get beyond the issue. It really is incredible how much of the plot can be resolved just by being forthright. And I mean, like, there really is a simple explanation for all of these problems, too. Of course, you know, despite all the problems they have solved, it seems like they're starting new problems, you know. Because Jin just sort of thinks they're friends, but Tomo doesn't see it that way, necessarily. Unfortunately, I guess it's her turn to, you know, pretend to be stupid and not talk about things like she should. You know, amazingly, even after everything, it seems like nobody's really internalized the lesson that they should just be forthright and direct about what they want. You know, even if Jun is sort of realizing it now, he's not actually doing anything. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.